listeners, today's podcast contains talk of death and decomposition. If this isn't your thing, we totally understand and hope you tune in next week. Thanks for listening. Love your spooky girl, scary girl, and skeptical guy. Hey everyone. I'm Emily. I'm Libby. And I'm Ken. And this is Spooky, Scary, Skeptical. pretty well pretty well and me pretty good yeah that's busy has anything exciting been going on exciting no we did watch the new john mulaney special last night yes we did baby j baby j yeah it was pretty funny it was started off slow but it was good once we got into it i think something about killing grandparents Oh my god yeah (laughs) i know we were like horrified (laughs) i forgot about that too all i remember is his um experience doing it in rehab that's like that's right. all I remember. I don't remember anything before the entire rehab story. I think because I was, it. like, not fully into it yet. Like, I just wasn't yeah. ready. I think I was also very put off by his looks. So He's aged. He has. I know. Hard wow. drugs will do that to you. <laughs> and a baby. And a baby. <laughs> a baby will do that to you. Yeah. Turn your gray. Turn your gray. Yeah. Uh, how's how's your week been going, Emmy Lou? Uh, busy. Busy, busy. Just yeah? Been... Anything exciting? Anything exciting? Not really. Your semester's wrapping up. Yes, that's true. Yeah, I've got like two weeks left of class, which is good. But then I am taking summer classes. So there is that. <laughs> but that's okay. school. Emmy yeah. is the busiest person I've ever met in my entire life. She, We are thrilled to even get a moment of her time. Mm-hmm. Well... It'll be it'll be good. Summer, I only have two classes compared to the five I'm in right now, so it'll, <sighs> it'll be better. It'll and be she better. works full time, folks. So she's a busy, busy gal. Define full time. Full time. Full time. Thirty seven and a half hours a week. Mm-hmm. Plus any overtime she decides to put in because she's a crazy person. Crazy. <laughs> what about you guys? What's new? What's happening? You played any new games, Ken? Or are you still on the same games you've been playing? Ooh. No, still on the same games. Threw a perfect game last night. On your on your game. <laughs> on your video game. On the Yankees game? I, I failed to see the difference. Okay, I just thought that we should specify he's not like playing like baseball recreationally out in public throwing a perfect game. He is playing it on a Switch. Almost more difficult. Oh, one might one might oh say. <laughs> wow, a little cocky. Yeah, I have been on TikTok, obviously. I mean, let me rephrase. I read this very interesting article this week. Oh, right. I saw TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> I saw one that was, it was talking about, and this, it's called weaponized incompetence. And I'd never heard this term before. Have you guys heard it? I don't think so. Weaponized it's, incompetence. Mm-hmm. I like it though. It yeah, I thought you might like that term. Yes, <laughs> my so. brain, my brain just changed it to weaponized incontinence, and I was oh like, no, what's going on? <laughs> That's just weaponized by default. Yeah, it's just... I'm with you now. I understand. No, weaponized incompetence. So I looked it up and I like ended up kind of falling into a deep dive about it because I was like, what is this? Like, what is this term? And it was like, I think I first saw the TikTok. It was someone talking about weaponized incompetence at work. And it's where people purposefully do things wrong or pretend they don't know how to do something so they don't have to do it right because uh-huh. the people where does that sound familiar yeah where does that Ooh. sound familiar Ooh, i don't know what input to put the dvd player on no oh, i know how to do that i know, I know. Uh, 
but I really want to watch Twilight, but I, ooh, I don't know. I don't, hey, ooh. I can do that. That's a little dramatic. I can do the DVD bubble. I do get confused by your system downstairs, and that's not weaponized incompetence so much as I'm scared I'm going to mess up all your inputs in the basement, because he's got a PlayStation, an Xbox, two TVs, and so, you know, I, I just don't want to mess up. And turn the PlayStation up. on, and, the and speaker it turns system. everything else on with it. Yeah, so but I know one. the Xbox does that too, right? Yeah, you turn so that, on, everything turns on. It's, it yes, can't be easier. But if I turn on the Xbox, I would put like a DVD in the Xbox. Well, it I would have to change something. Mm, some of no, I don't know about that. Okay, listen, it's going to be tested later because the, in, the input. And I'm going to make him stand. The device on the TV it does it all for you. I'm going to make him stand in silence in the corner while I go in to go try something, uh, and I'm going to I'm going to prove to you that. And the TV's name the HDMI inputs after. Sometimes they don't though. Sometimes they just say HDMI. Anyway, so I learned this term, and I was fascinated by it. It was really the the rabbit hole I recently fell down. And, like, I I don't know. I feel like in psychology they're coming up with all these new terms, or we're all learning these terms, or we're more vocal about them Mm -hmm. now that we know. That's very interesting. I know. I was was interested about it, so. TikTok or articles, very important articles that we read, have really been teaching (laughs) me a lot lately. You sent me one, and it was like... If you're feeling stressed, you take a deep breath mm-hmm. and then another mini breath. Like oh, right before works. it comes in. So it's that like, works. <gasps> yeah, I know. You and it calms like me down. It like, yeah. And it gets it like, it's your brain just needing more air. And it, it, it is like a calming technique. And it was so weird. So the way it happened, I was telling her about it. And I kid you not, later that day, a TikTok popped up about it. It's bizarre. And I was like, I was just telling you about this, but here's the TikTok. I did it earlier today, and Keely was in the room, mm-hmm. and he looked at me very concerned. I think he thought I was having an asthma attack, if he knew what <laughs> asthma was, but it works. It's crazy. Yeah, so Ken, for the, for, since you didn't see the TikTok, it's, you like do this deep inhale, and then like as you're inhaling, you do one like last little, like so your, your lungs are as full as possible, you do it like three times, and it helps like settle stress and panic, and like if you're feeling overwhelmed, it's, it's supposed to... Does our, does our skeptic have any feedback? <laughs> I can see I'm the gonna, skeptic. I'm going to plead the fifth on this one. Yeah. Hey, I, you know, the way I see it, if it works for someone and it's successful, who are we to say no? Like, it works for me. I love it. And if someone it doesn't work for someone else, find something else that works. So. Sounds like a great placebo. Hey, if that's the case. I also know that we do require oxygen, so. We're not golfing today. Don't tell me. I said this morning, I was like, oh, the rain got pushed off till tonight. I know. I know. It's a little chilly. It's like 58 degrees and cold. Perfect, this is good. Yeah, perfect this is sweater weather. Sweater weather. It's a little bit windy, though. And I know. So the excuses are full, fully there. You sit in the cart anyway. Just bundle yourself up. Uh, like the mission. You guys say that, but then I really get cold. It's hard work sitting in that, <laughs> sitting in that cart. No, because you guys get a little demanding. Occasionally you go, just bring the cart over. And I'm like, I told you, I'm just going to sit in the cart. All I'm you not- have to do is reach over, press the pedal, Ugh. and steer. And I'll probably get arrested. I'm not behind the wheel, technically. Oh, my God. No, it is really cold, though. It's really cold because you guys are up and moving. You guys stand up, you walk, you move. I just sit there and curl up and just progressively turn into an ice cube. But it is fun. I do like going. I like reading my book while while you guys swing swing and hit balls. You know what you need? Mm -hmm. I thought about this. For Christmas or for your birthday, Mm -hmm. someone needs to get you a heated 
coat. Those, my dad got us the heated gloves, the gloves and, and yeah. uh, socks. Yes. You would benefit because you're always cold. It's concerning. Mm. It, yeah. I don't have much circulation in my extremities, I think. It's not a choice. It's not like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so we went to the nail salon, Emily and I, and this guy like grabbed our our hands or like grabbed my hands to like do my nails. And he was like, oh my God, why are your hands so cold? And I'm like, what am I supposed to say to that? Like, it's not a fucking choice. Like, it's just, they're just cold. Like, I don't know. I don't know what to say, but I don't yeah. so we hold it all the time. Yeah, I do. Well, maybe that's why he's asking. No, I've been with him the whole time. Like, I'd been with him for a while. Your hands are so cold. I'm like, well, you're not warming them. He was a little judgy. He was a little judgy. I forget to breathe. That's a thing, too. Yeah, you I do. I know. Emily used to always get panicked. I would forget you to... You don't forget to breathe. Inhale fully. Like, so then, like, she would be like, why are you sighing? And here's my example. <laughs> we, we, we do realize this is an involuntary action. But here, okay, so my body just doesn't fully take deep breaths then, okay? Because I will sit there and I'll just be like, whatever. And then, like, Emily will look at me and be like, why are you sighing? And I'm like, oh, it's, I'm not. I was like, I just didn't breathe fully. Like, because sometimes I'll just, like, do shallow breaths. And then all of a sudden I'm like, <sighs> and I'm like, oh, yeah, that, that felt good. I'm supposed to be doing something. Turns blue. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that, that brings, brings me up to my follow-up follow question. <laughs> How many times would you say, rough estimate will do, have you died of suffocation? Mm. No, I, I haven't yet. But so zero. Soon. In this life or the others? <gasps> oh. The others. The others. So the number of times you have forgotten to breathe is no, okay. also zero. I just don't take, my body doesn't fully take deep breaths. Okay, so. She's a busy girl. I am a busy girl. Breathing is hard judgy he's so judgy and skeptical which is why he is our resident skeptic i was editing one of our earlier um episodes i think i left it in where you called him a skeptical you were like you're like this is why he's our skeptical (laughs) and i was like ah emmy i love her ah say lovey you could edit it you could edit the all out and then just no, I loved it. I was like, because we we ran, to, we kind of made fun of you about it. So Maybe I just we left take it. out my dumbassery and we <laughs> you sound a little smarter. No, no, it, we all made fun of it and it was fine. We just kept rolling, but yeah, you realized your mistake. You were like, what? <laughs> what came out of my mouth? It was wonderful. Ooh, have you read anything recently? Yes, I. Well, so. I said it last week, but I was reading um, Kingdom of the Wicked, and I'm now on Kingdom of of the Cursed. So that's the second book. Um, And then I'm waiting to read the third. And they are so good. I love the angst. I love how dramatic and spicy it is. A little spicy. A little spicy. I love the lore. It's very cool. It's about this. It's basically like all the princes of hell. There's seven princes of hell, one Mm. for each. Mm. Of the seven deadly sins and chaos ensues, but it's a really cool concept. So go, author, that I don't want to mispronounce your name on, so I'm not going to. Well, if you like Maniscule, I think is her name or something. Mm. Well, if you like a spicy read, you let me know. I can hook you up. I know. Emily loves a good rom a rom-com with some spice. Ken does not. We I've tried to get you. I'm like, oh my god, you gotta read this rom-com, and you're like, absolutely not. No. You read my writing sometimes. It's not super spicy, but not what I've read. Not that spicy. No, you didn't. You didn't finish one of my books. So, <laughs> you recently read The Hobbit. Yes, tell us about that. Hobbit. It was good. The movie is significantly better. I agree. Ooh. So we both read it together because that was one of Ken's things that he wanted to do, and I was like, okay, like I'll read it beside you. 
Yeah, after after I said, okay, I'm reading it. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. With oh. or without you after sitting around waiting for... Two years. Two years, yeah. I know. I know. I'm really bad about it. It's... And I just... I, I'm a mood reader, man. You know, you're just like, I just got better things to read. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but we read it. It was. The movie was much better. I agree. I, the, one, the one plus about the books mm. is they actually explain... The eagle plot holes. Yes, yes. Necessary. Yes. What What are the? Well, because the eagles are get hunted, so they can't fly. Um, you know, near human mm-hmm. infested, oh. infested. So they would be killed or inhabited areas because they get hunted. Gotcha. So, okay. It doesn't take much, but that's all. All yep. we're asking. Okay. Some explanation. <laughs> Literally anything. Birds don't talk. The birds don't talk in the uh, movies. So they couldn't have told us. That's true. Gandalf probably could have, but yeah. I don't know. To be fair, I mean, talking birds. I mean, who would believe that? Yeah. Yeah, that would be crazy. Would be crazy. Talking birds. Speaking, Speaking of birds. Speaking of which, a ring that makes you invisible. That could come in handy quite a bit. That would be so handy. Okay. Would you rather have the invisibility cloak or the ring? But the ring does summon, or like, not summon, but like attract dark power. Well, dark power doesn't exist. So I'll take that one. Oh. <laughs> We're going to change him yet, folks. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay. Well... You failed at that game. Uh, Emmy, what would you rather have, the ring or the cloak? Well, in You're going to choose a cloak, right? Well, if there's, if there's dark power that yes. does exist, I don't want anything to do with that. I'm going to go with the cloak. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. I also, it. fashion piece. Yeah. I'm going to choose both. I'm, I want both. They're both same handy at any given time. The cloak's going to make so much noise. Nah, it's a quiet cloak, I think. <laughs> I just need it to be small enough to stuff in like a quick little bag I can carry over like a satchel so I don't lose it. That's all that matters. I would lose a ring. I would lose... I know I would Just lose Just wear it all the time. Then you're always invisible and always attracting dark power. You're always invisible. No such thing as dark power. Oh, say love it. I'm sorry. There's a world where the ring exists, but dark power doesn't. You've just made these ar- these arbitrary rules about the world. Well, we're talking about well, this world. Yeah. Invisibility is at least a scientific concept that could exist. Is it? Good. I want you to do an what inv- is invisible. It's just like passing through. All I want you, you to do an is... invisibility pe- podcast um, episode. Oh. Invisibility. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the army has like invisibility shit. Oh my gosh! Really? Do an invisibility episode, Ken. Entertain us. <laughs> like like camouflage stuff or like like no, how does I it? Think actual right because all you really have to do to be invisible is project what the eye would see if you weren't there. So if you have cameras. Theoretically, like just an entire layer of you cameras behind you. You think they're developing? You. They could right capture the images that are behind you and project it in front of you. So, are you saying that they are developing this technology, or? I, I yeah, I believe I remember reading so about it. So they could it. be wow. in this room right now. They could be. Or better yet, Ken, they're going to come hire you and be like, whoa, 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 whoa! This guy probably knows what he's talking about, and he can help us develop this technology. Or I'm on a hit list now, and they're getting ready to eliminate me. That's interesting. I w- I will look forward to an episode on invisibility. Okay, guys, we're going to go ahead and do my story today. Uh, So I am doing the Dietlov Pass incident. There are a lot of Russian names and places. I'm going to do my very, very best. I do not know how to pronounce them all. So this is my warning ahead of time. If you speak Russian and would like to give us notes, you may Instagram me in a very nice way and say this is actually how you say that because otherwise I'll cry if you're me. Be nice. You're not perfect either. Continue. So, um, yeah, so we're going to cover that today. Uh, I will say that there are obviously some content warnings. Um, there will be death. 
um, of nine people. Nine! Nine deaths. And lots and lots of skepticism surrounding the incident. So. Oh my. So we're going to go ahead and get started. So uh, the Diet Love Pass incident consisted of an experienced hiking group made up of nine Soviet hikers from the Ural Polytechnical Institute. And they set off through the pass on February 1st of 1959. It consisted of nine folks that I'm going to attempt their names at, uh, and I'm going to also uh, explain their ages and their deaths. Okay. So, Do you know what they were studying at the... Hiking. They were studying hiking? <laughs> at the Polytechnical School? They did not say. Okay. All right. They were nine experienced <laughs> hikers okay. who attended the Pol- Ural Polytechnical Institute. All right. They set off through the pass <laughs> February 1st, 1959. Okay. So the first person uh, was the one leading the, the group of hikers, which was Igor Dyatlov. He was 23 years old and he died of hypothermia. Our second person was Yuri Doroshenko. Uh, he was 21. And he died of hypothermia. Lyudmila Dubinina. Some of these fuckers are eating each other, aren't they? I don't know. Oh, God. (laughs) Was 20. And she died of internal bleeding from chest trauma. Georgi Krivoneshenko was 23. And he died of hypothermia. Alexander Kolovatov was 24. And he died of hypothermia. Zineda Kalmogorova was 22, and she died of hypothermia. Rustam Slobodin was 23. He died of hypothermia. Nikolai Thibault Brignolis was 23, and he died of a skull injury. Semyon, or Alexander Zolotaryov, was 38, and he died of chest trauma. So he was the eldest, um, but he did not lead the group. So there was a 23, 21, 20, 23, 24, 22, 23, 23, 38-year-olds. So two chest, two chest trauma, yep. one skull injury, and the rest hypothermia. Internal bleeding from a chest trauma, chest trauma, skull injury, and the rest are hypothermia. Correct. Right. They definitely killed the guy with the skull injury, ate him. Two others couldn't handle it, died. <laughs> the rest. This is all skepticism. Uh, I'm going to tell you right now, so far you're wrong. So. All I'm picturing Thank is... Thank you for your guesses. Bigfoot... No. The abominable attack, attacked them. Yeti. The Yeti attacked them. <laughs> Three of them were injured. The rest fled and froze to death. That's my I love it. theory. Okay. Here so you guys have nothing about it, but you have many theories. Yes. Yeah. good. So I'm going to start reading, and I am going to in- kind of intervene in some points in the story where I thought something was happening. And then I kept reading, and I was like, well, it wasn't that. So this team was a, um, had established a camp on the eastern slopes of the Kolat Sikai in the Ural Mountains. Each member was a grade two hiker with ski tour experience and would have received their grade three ratings upon their return. Who dishes out these grades? The Polytechnical Institute. I really thought that that's, that was like the vibe I was getting just based on my research that they literally were like, or is it like oh, a pick pickleball where you just rate yourself? No, 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 no. <laughs> no, <okay. laughs> no, I love that though. No, uh, they, they were like, you know, like it's anything you do. Like if you go and become a, like a skier or a hiker or anything, like you have to like, it's like obtaining a credential for it. So that's what they were doing. Overnight, something caused them to cut their way out of their tent and flee their campsite and they were inadequately dressed for the heavy snowfall and sub-zero temperatures that's some grade one shit yeah they were due 
They were due to check in by February 12th of 1959, and as the 12th came and went, family members demanded a search and rescue mission. On February 26th... Is that not standard operator? Are there families out there like, eh, they'll be fine. They'll come back. I think (laughs) there might have needed to be a little bit more push than maybe authorities were willing to give, Mm. just based on kind of my research, but... Oh, right. Yes. I think they're a little preoccupied right now. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I guess. Um, (laughs) Canceled, canceled, canceled. So on February 26th, 25 days after they set off, searchers found the group's abandoned and badly damaged tent. Quote, the tent was half torn down and covered with snow. It was empty and all the group's belongings and shoes were left behind. Unquote. The shoes? Mm-hmm. They were not adequately dressed. Nine sets of footprints left by people wearing only socks or a single shoe or even barefoot could be followed, leading down the edge of a nearby wood on the opposite side of the pass. At the forest's edge, there were visible remains of a fo- small fire. When their bodies were discovered, an investigation by Soviet authorities determined that six of them had died of hypothermia and three had died from physical trauma. So that's your skull injury. The two with severe chest trauma. And then another also had a small crack in their skull. So the one with the chest trauma, one of them with chest mm-hmm. trauma. Did. So initially my possibility, my initial, like I'm already reading it and I'm like, I know what happened by this point. So I'm just going to pause. My initial thought was that they left their tent some died of hypothermia and some fell off cliffs and injured themselves. Maybe they leave? maybe three. I didn't think this through. All right. Okay. This all is right. all like, I'm just like, oh, they probably died of hypothermia. Maybe they got scared or something, whatever. And then the others went to save them or maybe three of them went and then the other one went to save them and died of hypothermia. It, we're going to get there about hypothermia. There is some facts that I, I learned and some that I knew about hypothermia. Some of it can be explained. Right. I think they got kidnapped. Kidnapped. But oh, there was only nine sets of footprints. Mm. Mm-hmm. I know. Trust me. I've, I fell deep into this rabbit hole. Aliens. I love that. That is a theory. That flow. So, what? That flow. Maybe. I'm sorry. <laughs> they come down from their hovers. Yeah. Their hovercrafts. Or a floating yeti. Mm. That might be a little too far-fetched. Just a little. <laughs> a floating yeti. <laughs> oh my gosh, that would be like a great, like, how cute would like little floating Yeti earrings be? Or like little, like floating Yeti stickers or something? I love Put that, that in our merch store. Okay. I really want that. How Write do you that. depict a Yeti floating? Write that down. Um, what do you mean? Like, we put them above ground. Can I have a pencil? I'm going to make Emily write this. Okay, we got a pen. Okay, we got it. We're good, we're good. I'm going to let pencil you write it down for a second. It's a pencil. Floating Yeti. I love that. Like, with, like, fairy wings? Yeah. Oh, my God, how cute. It's fun, Ken. Fairy wings? Fairy wings on our floating Yeti. Like, like reasonably sized ones. Well, that's not floating. It's flying. We need one of our listeners to create this, and we'll show it to Ken, and then he can't be mean, because... if you have wings, you're not floating. You're flying. Fluttering, fluttering Yeti. Fluttering Yeti. Hovering Yeti. Hovering. What if he has like little hover pack or like little like hover feet boots? That's really cute. Okay, we're way off topic already. Okay. Only nine sets of footprints, Ken. Keep that in mind. The first two bodies. Were they all barefoot or was there one of them? They said that they were either in socks, barefoot, or had only one shoe on. It didn't say. One shoe? Mm hmm. So maybe they were trying to get redressed. Yeah, and like we're hurried. Yeah, that's kind of what my interpretation of that was. (laughs) It always comes back to yetis. (laughs) There's a yeti coming at you though. Why? Why are you like, oh, gotta get one? 
Gotta try to get my shoes on. Well, I be- you're in a you're in a pinch, up. but no, you're right. And it should be noted too, they cut their way out of their tent to avoid this. <gasps> so, did they cut or were they claw marks? No, they cut. They oh, cut their right. way from the inside out of their tent. What? So, yep. Okay, are you ready? We're gonna keep going. I'm here. mark all the facts. Okay, the first two bodies found were Krivosinchenko and Doroshenko. Both had died of hypothermia. They were found shoeless and dressed in their underwear. The branches of a nearby tree were broken up, suggesting... Sorry. Were they... Do they have the same last name? No. Oh, okay. I... They both end in Shenko. <laughs> um, right. Cancel. Yeah. Cancel. Yeah. Cancel. Canceled. 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 <laughs> so, the branches of a nearby tree were broken up, suggesting that the skiers had climbed up to look for something. Skiers? Oh, who found they're, the, the bodies? Hike. No, they're skiers, hikers. Oh, Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. They were going for their grade three skiing. Oh, I thought that was hiking. They were grade two. They're grade a hiking group, yeah, and then they ski. So is the grade for hiking or skiing? I believe it's for skiing. Uh, let's see here. Let me just double check. Hiker with ski tour experience. Okay. They dabble in both. They do. They're just dabblers. Um, I'm so, way too interested in this grading system. You are. Yeah, you're really invested. <laughs> it's um, really throwing me off. Yeah, you can just uh, move on from it. We're not going to talk about it again. So the, the branches of the nearby tree were broken, suggesting that the skiers had climbed up to look for something. Between the tree and the camp, three more bodies were discovered. Dyatlov, Komogorava, Slobodin, oh, and Slobodin. Three died of hypothermia, who died in poses suggesting that they were attempting to return to their tent. What is a pose suggesting they tried to return to the tent? Were their bodies like laid out pointing that way? Like a, <laughs> I like imagine, a pointer dog? I imagine potentially like... What they I don't have pictures or anything like that, but I'm imagining them as laying all starting back towards the tent and like facing. various facing it, looking like they're hiking back Reaching up towards the tent. ominously out towards it. Maybe scattered up the side of the mountain this past like to get there. Me. I hear I'm hearing you, but I'm trying to explain to you what, what I am I'm imagining here, okay? <laughs> so after these first five were found, it was clear that they had all died from hypothermia. One had a small crack in his skull, but it was not deemed to be fatal. So I'm so sorry. The small crack was from one of the ones um, who died of hypothermia. The remaining four bodies took more than two months to find. And when they were found, it shifted the narrative of what they thought might have happened. On May 4th, the four bodies of Dubanina, the major chest trauma victim, Thibault Brignolis, the major skull injury victim, Zolotaryov, the major chest trauma victim, and Kolevatov, the hypothermia victim, were all found under four meters of snow in a ravine at the bottom of a creek. So that's a group of four. That guy ate those other three people. What? No one... There's no cannibalism in the story. There's no way there's no cannibalism in the story. Anybody missing a finger or two? We'll get there. Towards See, according, I knew it. <laughs> according to the inquest, the force needed to make that kind of damage in those injuries would be similar to something like a car crash. Notably, the bodies had no external wounds related to bone fractures as they had been subjected to a high level of pressure. So there was no external wounds indicating their skull injuries or their chest injuries. However, it was all internal. Three of the four had damaged soft tissue of the head and face. Two bodies had missing eyes, one had a missing tongue, and one had missing eyebrows. There's your missing body parts. A post-mortem... Eyebrows make a good garnish. Oh, gross! (laughs) (laughs) Fuzzy. (laughs) 
What a texture. Um, he's writing that down for next round. No, I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I literally like look over and you're like, oh, garnish I, eyebrows. Eyebrow garnish. It's a color, very simple flavor. No, I, I, I think I, I have a theory, but I'll forget it. Oh, so you're like, well, just say it. Give us your, yeah, well, give us your theory. It's okay. You can interrupt right. it anytime. I so, sure do. So, mm-hmm. okay. So, they fall off a cliff, mm-hmm. right? No external injuries. I'm getting there. Okay. So, they fall off a cliff and land in a lot of snow, mm-hmm. but they just, like, there's a little bit of bruising on the inside part. <laughs> like, on the, the inside, inside part. part. <laughs> so, that happens. And then they're like, oh, my God, our guys fell down there. How do we get them? And they're like, shoelaces. So, they tie shoelaces together, throw the shoelaces down in the ravine, ravine and they're like, oh. And nobody has shoes on because they don't have shoelaces. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and say, number one, the shoes, I'm assuming they were like left the in the tent. I like the creative use of yeah, the shoes. Yeah, absolutely. I think they're back at the tent. Yes, I believe yeah. so. And there are experienced hikers and skiers. They're going to have rope. And why did they cut their way out of the well, tent? Which, is that a safe assumption? They don't have clothes on. They cut their way out of the tent and, like, obviously, for some reason, like, I mean, there's something going on. Well, they probably don't have rope with them after that yeah. point. Oh, though. correct. Yeah, it's left at the tent. Right. So why would they go back for the shoelaces right. and not mm-hmm. the rope? Mm-hmm. Well, and why yeah. would all nine leave? Hey, everybody's got to go to the bathroom. Nobody's going in that tent or they're getting kicked <laughs> out of the tent. So they're taking a quick potty trip. Are we are nine of them together. We are clearly not system. hikers, but I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure that people who hike for days and days have like poop bags and and stuff to collect their yeah, stuff. Yeah, but you got to do it outside the tent. Who is pooping in the tent? Who it's is cold in sub zero temperatures? <laughs> no, nobody's peeing in my tent. Go pee outside. <laughs> Emily just kicks out everyone who urinates at any point. Yeah. She's like, have you ever defecated? Not welcome on my tent. <laughs> Move on. Okay. I realize that theory is a bit far fetched. I like I it. I love think, the creativity. For I it. think the falling is realistic because there was no outside injury, but like maybe like the trauma of falling. I don't know. Like maybe mm. it rattled something inside. I don't know. Okay. I, I like that. So keep this in mind. As I mentioned, two bodies had missing eyes, one had a missing tongue, and one had missing eyebrows. A post-mortem examination, however, determined that these injuries happened post-mortem due to the location of the bodies in the stream. So those are the only missing bodies, and they're saying that it's because their faces were down in the water. Like, so it just, like, fell off. <laughs> Kind of like, like what wet flesh does if bodies Ooh. are... Yeah, I uh, very foolishly for another case looked up, oh, like, what's the disintegration process for like a body in the water and i saw somewhere i saw many many pictures that were incredibly disturbing but one of the things that i can i can honestly say don't look it up it's it's not for me but i can honestly say that it did look like pieces of flesh eventually kind of broke off so i'm wondering if like some of those details like maybe the eyes are easier to you know because they're like a different consistency than your skin maybe they freeze too and then they fall off or vice versa you know could be i i don't know but that was what was determined by the uh, post-mortem examination they were the people who were at the bottom of the ravine were wearing clothes and it was suggested that they may have been wearing the clothes of the previously deceased so those and who died of hypothermia further up the mountain, um, who had been making their way back to the tent, were naked, or were just in their underwear. It looks like they may have been, the p- folks at the bottom of the ravine may have been wearing their clothes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Initially, it was thought that a group of Mansi people, who are reindeer herders, a local to the area, had attacked and murdered the group. That's what was my original theory. Yes. And then you were like, no, nine footprints, bitch. Yep, for encroaching on their <laughs> land. 
A book published in 2015 even suggested that the Mansi people were high on magic mushrooms, but they used in shamanistic rituals, and they went berserk when the hikers entered their land. And while some of the Mansi people were interrogated, there was no indication of others having been there. They only found the footprints of the group there, and there was no sign of hand-to-hand struggle. So, like I said, I don't think so. I also saw a lot of sources that were kind of like, do you really think that the government would have been like, oh, you did it? Meh. (laughs) No, they would have been persecuted and prosecuted for for hurting a group of students. So, um, the investigation concluded that a compelling natural source had caused the deaths. I don't buy that either. And that's in quotes. Compelling natural source. It's easy. You just put compelling. Does that mean you don't have to explain it at all? Correct. Hmm. So here's what we know. I'm use that. Yeah. <laughs> Due to compelling circumstances. <laughs> yes. So here's what we know. Six died of hypothermia and three died of fatal injuries. No indication there was anyone else around other than the nine members. Tent was ripped open from within. Victims died six to eight hours after their last meal. Evidence shows that the group left of their own accord and on foot. Some levels of radiation were detected on their clothing. Radiation? The injuries on the three bodies disproves that it could have been an attack by people in the area, as a human couldn't have caused those injuries, because there's no external injuries, as you'll recall. So given that it's the 50s... It's the 50s! How reliable is it that they're saying there was radiation? Do they know that for real? Are they, are yeah. they good like, enough? Well, you guys think the um, atomic bombs had already been dropped by okay. that point? So, so they I'm know. thinking, yeah. Okay. Uh, when did Chernobyl happen? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking, too. Um, okay, so Chernobyl happened in 1986, so after this. But, I mean, they, the bombs, the atomic bombs had been dropped in Japan by this point. Well, well, like 20 years prior, I think-ish. Mm-hmm. Okay. take a little bit. So. So, so there's the technology to actually know if mm-hmm. it's actually radiation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, too, like three years later, we're going into space. So radiation has to be like wow. a thing. Yeah, I know. We're busy guys. We are. Okay. And so are they. <laughs> the Russians They're also went to <laughs> oh, um, space. So... On April 12th, 2018, Zolotarev, the guy who died of chest trauma at 38, his remains were exhumed, primarily due to the push from journalists in the Russian tabloids. Contradictory results were obtained upon the exhumation. One of the experts said that the character of the injuries resembled a person knocked down by a car, and the DNA analysis did not reveal any similarity to the DNA of living relatives. What? Yeah, I know. This was like a little bit of information that I was like, what is this? So here we go. What a way to find out you're adopted. <laughs> and it's, well, hold on. In addition, it turned out that Zolotarev's name was not listed as those buried in the Ivanovskoy Cemetery. Nevertheless, the reconstruction of the face from the exhumed skull matched post-war photographs of Zolotarev. Although, journalists expressed suspicion that another person was hiding under his name after World War II. What? Yes, it's just like a really weird fun fact about one of the people. So they exhumed it to like figure out, like help solve this thing. And then they're like, oh, this, this guy was stole someone's identity? Yes. That's crazy. And this is the guy who's, who died of chest trauma who was 38. He was like older than all the other hikers. Or was just, was he the same age, but the identity he took over? Oh, maybe. older. I don't know. But yeah, so it, just, it was determined that someone else might have been tying under his name. That was in 2018 they discovered that. In 2019, Russia reopens a new investigation, and its conclusions were presented in July of 2020. An avalanche or hurricane had caused the deaths. Survivors of the avalanche had been forced suddenly to leave camp. 
The study showed that an avalanche called a slab avalanche could have caused the injuries. A mountain pass in the area was later renamed Dyatlov Pass in honor of the group, but the actual mountain pass is about 5,600 feet away. And that's it. That, that's their excuse. They say it's a hurricane. That's their explanation. They say it's a hurricane like or that avalanche. That's some bullshit. Yes. So, cover up. A hurricane or avalanche theory. Let's dig into it. All right. So, hurricane, like, you need, like, warm water. So, where is this hurricane being formed? I believe it's... I, I, there was something weird about it. Um, let me get into it here, and we can right. go from there. The review in 2019 indicated that the conditions of the night in question had not been taken into account in regards to weather. Apparently, the night of the incident, the weather was extremely harsh, with wind speeds at hurricane force. No, so not necessarily mm-hmm. a hurricane. Okay. 45 to 67 miles per hour. A snowstorm and temperatures reaching negative 40 degrees Fahrenheit were um, happening at the evening of their of this incident. I'll be honest, negative 30 is where I usually... Uh, that's where you draw the line? Uh, yeah, that's where I usually check <laughs> I, out. I don't think I've ever... Maybe in the feels like negative 30. I don't know that I've ever actually been like in true negative, negative 30. Yeah. 30. Yeah. I think I probably... Polar Vortex is definitely feels like negative 30. Negative 30, yeah. negative 20, negative 30s. Yes, I agree. But it was presumed that that night, the fresh snow weakened the snow base of the tent. And the snow field above the tent started to slide down gradually, pushing the tent fabric. Then the group wakes up in an evacuation panic with only some able to put on warm clothes. See, that's that doesn't... Why wouldn't they be able to put clothes on before they... Like, I get they're trapped in the tent, and that's why they have to cut their way out. They're, they're in a hurry. there be... There's a snowstorm coming in, and the, the, the tent is slipping, according to this, because of the fresh snowfall. Who know. decided to put the tent there? With the... I'm going to just keep going, because <laughs> you know. guys are asking all the right questions, and this is, like, exactly how I discovered the story. I'm trying to do it in, like, the best way that... Yeah. These are the right questions to be asking. Yeah, Correct. Good. With the entrance blocked by the sliding snow, they cut a hole and escaped through the hole cut in the tent as they descended the slope to proceed safety from the avalanche. That makes sense in a mm-hmm. vacuum. But the whole not getting changed thing, I, I'm still not still not behind. Because some of the group was half-dressed, they split up, eventually leading the, to the deaths of nine people. But here are some problems with our avalanche theory. There were no obvious signs of an avalanche. An avalanche would have left certain patterns and debris disturbed over a wide area. The bodies found within the month were covered in a shallow layer of snow, and there would have been more serious and different injuries, not to mention the bodies would have been swept away. So they wouldn't have been walking, making their way back towards the tent. There were no conditions for an avalanche, and it would have been entirely unlikely to have it occur. The quote-unquote dangerous conditions found in in a nearby area were observed in April and May when the snowfalls of winter were melting. During February, when the incident occurred, there were no such conditions. An analysis of the terrain and the slope showed that even if there had been a very specific type of avalanche that found its way into the area, the tent would have been unaffected. It would have gone past the tent and the tent would have collapsed from the side, but not in a horizontal direction. Dyatlov and Zolotaryov, so our guy who might have been a different guy, were, <laughs> sorry, I'm like, I had to include those. It's just a weird random fact about it, but I was like, this is just crazy. So those two uh, were experienced and they wouldn't have hiked anywhere. There might have been a potential avalanche. So your question yeah. was absolutely right. Like Seems why? like great, if grade two doesn't include yes. and you're not, knowing when an avalanche is potentially right. going to occur. Right. right. So you're not going on these hikes without knowing what you're doing. 
The footsteps leading away from the camp were not consistent with one, let alone nine, panicked people running from any real or imagined danger. The footprints were consistent with nine people walking at a normal pace. But that also doesn't make sense. If Correct. They're barefoot. Why would they be normal paced? Well, they had to have been high. Maybe they minds. didn't think. Maybe they didn't think they were going very far. Maybe they thought they were stepping away for a second. If they're barefoot, like, I don't care if I'm going I three feet away. Also, an avalanche would have covered their footsteps. So. Yes. Yes. So our official description of the government is avalanche with hurricane-like winds. So we poked some holes in those theories. So let's uh, dig into a couple more. Are we going to actually find out or is this unsolved? This is unsolved. Well, no, let me rephrase. It's solved. It was a hurricane slash avalanche. Oh, you know what I mean. Nope. So this is is open-ended. Additional proposed theories include animal attacks. But then you wouldn't be walking peacefully. Correct. Yep. I'm just telling you what these theories are out. Arctic dwarves. I That's knew, the one. I knew. That's it. I knew this would be the reaction. It's a float. There's no footprints. Floating Arctic dwarves. <laughs> Makes sense. I knew that would be the reaction. Him going, ugh. And you going, yes. <laughs> the Yeti. And there was a blurry photo taken by, by the students that shows an individual ape-like creature that towers above the average human. So I think I have a photo of them. This think- is just casually thrown in. Probably because it's... They took a picture? Yeah, I'm going to see if I can find the picture. I believe I have it. Here you go. This is the photo taken by one of the students in the dialogue test. <gasps> Why are they always standing like that every I time? <laughs> I don't know, but I will post this on our Instagram because it's a fun aspect to our theory. That literally looks like the exact same picture. They're always The famous Bigfoot picture I just I, photoshopped in. I'm going to tell you, the source I found this on was BBC. BBC. Oh, yeah. In that case. BBC. Like, I know they're reputable, but... I was... I that's why I was... Everything. Well, no, that's why I was, like, really into it. I was like, what? Like, the BBC posted... <laughs> so, the, this was included in their, their article. So, I had to... Yes, I do have a picture of it. I will add it to our... So, they were that close, and he didn't, like, murder them right then? No. And there? I don't know. Next theory. Hypothermia. So... The paradoxical undressing is a symptom of hypothermia, where the subject removes their clothing in response to perceived feelings of burning warmth. So this is typically right before hypothermia folks die, or folks die of hypothermia. They will start to strip because they'll be like, oh, I'm so warm. It's kind of, I guess. I get that. If we were stranded there, (laughs) but these are grade two hikers. They would know that. And all of them have hypothermia at the same time? Like, all of them are feeling the exact same way? Well, they're all poorly dressed. And you you have to mention that the four people in the ravine were perceived to have been wearing their clothes. The clothes of the people above them. Mm -hmm. So that was another thing. Next theory. Catabatic winds. In 2019... Catabatic winds were proposed by the Swedish-Russian expedition. Catabatic winds are somewhat rare events that can be extremely violent. A sudden catabatic wind would have made it impossible to stay in the tent, and the most logical step would have been covering the tent with snow and making for shelter in the tree line. The problem is, they walked away calmly. Again, they weren't panicked. So, whether you choose to believe that could be an excuse or not, that's up to you. Wait, sorry, again, how do they know they walked away calmly? By their footprints. So, like, when you see footprints in the snow, like, if it's running, you're going to have a different imprint than if you're walking. Yeah, you'd have a different gait, mm-hmm. the distance, hmm. right? The distance. Okay, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, that makes sense. Next theory. Infrasound-induced panic. In 2013, 
It was hypothesized that this wind going through the pass could have created an infrasound capable of inducing panic attacks in humans. The but wind they're not panicked. Okay. How many of these theories are so easily disproven by this one fact? But what if? Okay, what if they were panicked, but they had to be quiet so they didn't disturb Mr. Bigfoot? So they cut a slit in the back and they were really quietly tiptoeing in a rushed I, manner. I do like that. Like, yes. Or if you're panicked too, they could have been covering their ears, still walking slow, but trying to like pull themselves out of this sound that's happening around them. You know what I mean? Like, it could have been like a. Ken's Ken is so skeptical about this. What I'm saying is... I'm not buying it. You know, they're kind of like... it's Because sometimes when you hear certain sounds, right, it's so sickening to you that your body, like, it's not like you're racing. It's not like you're running. You're able to... You just are trying to get away from the sound. So, like, have you, like, heard of those rooms that, like, you can go in and it's completely silent and people mm-hmm. cannot go further than five minutes, like, in these rooms? Yeah. That invokes like a really sickening sense in a lot of people so maybe it's something like that where there might not have been running they could have been walking with their hands over their ears just trying slowly to get away which would also explain why they were naked or like well not naked but in their underwear or not properly dressed or barefoot sounds like a grade one hiker if you ask me. <laughs> Ken, the grades were not that important and you have clung to this fact okay so that's the infrared sound and um the wind passing Okay, so the wind passing over the mountains caused a sound so physically discomforting that caused mental distress. Because of this, the hikers fled down the slope to escape it. By the time they reached the tree line, they would have been able to regain their composure, but in the darkness would have been unable to return to shelter. The severe injuries of the three would have been caused by stumbling over the edge of the ravine and landing on the rocks at the bottom. Problems with this theory however like you said they calmly walked away i'm gonna say that there's a chance that maybe what i described could have happened but another problem would have been that the injuries were solely internalized and would not have resulted in external injuries i don't know if like a sound could cause internal injuries like that i'm doubting it like, i don't i don't know but th- that was another problem with the infra sound mm-hmm. theory so next theory there's several theories here by the way And you guys have to tell me which ones you like best. So I have two more. Military involvement, parachute mines, or testing radiological weapons. So we're going to start with parachute mines. Speculated that the crew fell within the path of Soviet parachute mine exercises, it alleged that hikers woken by loud explosions fled the tent in a shoeless panic and found themselves unable to return for supply retrieval. There are records of parachute mines in the area at the time of the hikers. Parachute mines detonate while in the air rather than upon striking the Earth's surface. It feels very Hunger Games. But then <laughs> I, again, they're casually walking away. You, I know. I hear you. I, I really do. I'm, I'm just telling you the theories and what I found. Parachute mines cause extreme internal injuries with relatively no external da- damage like those of the hikers. The theory coincides with reported sightings of glowing orange orbs floating or falling in the sky within the general vicinity where the hikers allegedly photographed. So, if we have technology that can do this, mm-hmm. just think of what the aliens have. I, I, as soon as I said glowing orange orbs, I was like already starting to grin because but I'm like, I know home. that's where she's grabbing it. Which, I do have an alien theory, so Excellent. we're coming Excellent. to it. Wonderful. The second military involvement um, was the testing of radiological weapons. I like this one. 
Because we so never, far. nothing has tied why they have. They walk slowly. Um, well, well, not that. The uh, on their clothing, they have radiation mm-hmm. on their clothing. Mm-hmm. And interesting. I I did like the parachute mines because it explained the internalized injuries. It is, yes. So that was interesting. Okay, so the second military involvement was the testing of radiological weapons. This was speculated due to the radioactivity on some of the hikers' clothing and the reports from relatives that the hikers' bodies returned with orange skin or gray hair. However, radioactive dispersal would have affected all, not just some of the hikers. The skin and hair color can also be attributed to the natural mummification after three months of exposure to the elements. However, at the time of their deaths, many animals and birds were found dead in the area, as well as local people were banned from using the water in the wells. Oh, that's absolutely it. Followed by being banned from the area and hunting was not allowed for four years after the incident. That it's a hundred percent radio radiological. Yeah, that's that's the winner. Why are only some of them found with radiology? That are radio. It was uh, on the like, clothes, right? So, only some of the hikers. Maybe well, they fell uh, didn't into. Some of the hikers not have clothes when they were found. Yeah. Well, there you go. That's why okay. it wasn't found on them. The initial suppression of information by Soviet officials is also used as evidence for this cover-up, but that seems to be a pretty standard, pretty standard for the USSR at the time. So. Some people are like, oh, well, they covered it up, obviously, but it that's pretty typical. And also the color of the skin and whatnot could have been explained by the natural elements that were there. So, finally... My I'm, not, I'm not buying the dismissal of that theory. That's the winner. Okay. That is the winner. We have one more theory. Oh, you don't right. know what's going to happen. Okay. Theory. <laughs> the final theory is... In 1990, a former police officer who led the inquest, Lev Ivanov, published an article stating his admission that there was no rational explanation for the incident. Afterwards, his team reported that they had seen flying spheres, and he received direct orders from high-ranking regional officials to dismiss the claim. Another member of the search team claimed to see fireballs and light balls floating above them in the past. Bada-bing, bada-boom. Done deal. Sounds like radiation flares. (laughs) Radiation weapons, testing of radiological weapons. Again, though, there wasn't equal dispersal of radioactive activity. It's going to depend on how close they were to the weapon. What made them leave the tent to begin with? They heard something. (laughs) I agree. Now, I'm no fool, I don't think, but I think that it could be a mix of them. Like, I think it could have been like, you know, maybe some radiation, but where did it come from? Was it the military or was it... How did they get those internal injuries with radiation? Maybe it's a combination of the two military pieces. I they were testing radiological parachute, parachute, mines? parachute mines. Interesting. There were several, yeah, theories that like I felt like I wanted to take a bit from each of the theories that we came up with. The floating balls, like light balls and stuff, above and flying spheres above the investigators could have been military testing. But you would think that by that point they would have been like, "Don't do that." There's a bunch of investigators in the past, you know. Mm. So I, that's, it's interesting that that was, that was a wit, eyewitness testimony. I did like the sounds, the infrared sounds panic, because I know that certain sounds can just be completely, uh, completely off-putting to certain people. But I really don't buy the avalanche theory. I no. do not no, think yeah, that no. that mm-hmm. is the real reason. No. Least likely. Yeah. Yes. So that is the Dyatlov Pass incident. Currently solved officially, but potentially unsolved. By everyone else who That's has crazy. read the That's yes. very crazy. Um, PSA to our hikers out there. 
Dress for the elements 24-7 while you're in them. You don't need to take your clothes off. Keep them on in the tent because if you wander away. You don't know what they were doing though. So <laughs> put on an extra not about extra that. Layer. I believe, um, so again, we are obviously not hikers, but I do believe that there's several reasons why someone so might want to So are we grade zero or unranked? I think we're unranked. We're unranked hikers. I'm definitely unranked. I yeah. you guys. But I do believe that some of the reasons that they may have taken off clothing would have been, A, if they were wet throughout the day, you don't want to sleep in wet, cold clothes. Put on a fresh pair. Well, that's a lot of stuff to carry. You've got to carry food, water, a whole pair of clothing. Usually you don't prioritize bonus clothes. Yeah. I'm just saying. This isn't a weekend getaway. Also, I could not go. I need a suitcase. (laughs) I imagine they were snuggling in the tent. Like, I imagine it was for, like, a warmth purposes. Oh, yes, yes. Warmth. Like, wank and a wank, wank. You know, like, how, like, the thing is, if you are, if you're cold, you have, like, getting down naked is better for you than just, like, curling up with someone fully clothed. I imagine that's the same deal, which would make sense. Like, let's say, like, is one guy was wearing... checked or does everyone just kind of, like, accept it and be like, yeah, yeah, that sounds right, that sounds right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just, um, but then, like, that would make sense, too, if, like, one guy was wearing pants, one guy was wearing a t-shirt, you know, and then that, it looked like maybe the people, the four people at the bottom of the ravine may have been wearing the clothes of the others. So if they all escaped, some of them were wearing whatever they were wearing. You know, one guy put a shoe on. They're like, just leave the shoes. We got to go. So I don't know. It's very interesting. Um, I did have to include the little bit about the guy who may not have been who he said he was. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, so yes. was he part of the second group? Ravine. Let's look. Um, I do have it written down. I just need to Maybe that fucker. Yeah. Maybe he was like a serial killer. <gasps> or I don't know. He Maybe. was. He was the major chest trauma victim. So In he the was second found- group. Mm hmm. I think hmm, maybe there was some intergroup rivalry that went awry. So how, but the other thing is that they're all internalized injuries. Like that is so strange. Like there's no external, which, you know, if it would have been external, I mean, I'm talking like no bruises. Yeah. Maybe that's the snow. The snow Mm -hmm. is enough to cushion the external bruising, Mm -hmm. but maybe still enough. Maybe I'm not a, I'm not a mortician. I can't tell you how that works, but it's a very compelling story. It and is. no cannibalism. I am shocked. I know. I you were you were really stuck on it, and I was like, "Well, there are missing eyeballs, <laughs> eyebrows, but that's about it." So yes. very cool. Thank that's, you for that. Yeah, that was a good one. Yes, I like that one. Good. I'm I don't glad. like that. I don't know the answer at the end. Yeah, though. yeah. I liked hearing your opinions on it, though. I liked hearing both of your opinions on it. That's good. I knew, kind of knew what you would like, Emily. I was interested to see what Ken would choose, though, because. I do think there's a combination to be had of some of these theories. Yeah. I did not like the avalanche theory. Was really off-put by it. The official theory. The if door- the Russian government is buying into it, I want nothing to do with it. There you go. Very true. <laughs> Very true. All right. I think there's more to that dwarf theory. So if anyone wants to unpack that. <laughs> I dwarf, looked at this so I saw theory. this. Okay. I have to talk about the dwarf theory a little no, bit more. No, you don't. Because I went <laughs> in and it was like, oh, like anything from Arctic dwarves to this and that was proposed. And I was like, what are these Arctic dwarves? I was like, I would love to delve into that yes. and do more. Yeah. And there are so army of penguins that they <laughs> command. <laughs> no, no. They're in the South Pole. Okay. We're in North. Um, but no, I was sitting there and I was like, yes, what are Yes, that's these? the most unbelievable part. <laughs> <laughs> penguins don't live in the North. location. <laughs> no, but I looked it up and I was like, Arctic dwarves, diet, love, pass, and it's like nothing. I could find nothing about it, but I had to put it in there. Because like everything, I typed, I typed in Arctic dwarves and it was all like Dungeons and Dragons characters, and I was like, this oh. is not helpful. 
Like, I wonder why that is. You Google dwarves, <laughs> and all you get is fictional items. I Arctic dwarves. I'm if I get dwarves, I might get a different story. But <laughs> Arctic dwarves, I was yeah. But I had to put it in as a theory. I had no information about it, but it was it was fascinating. So fascinating. Yay! Loved it. I'm so glad. Okay, so our listeners can find us on Instagram. You can email us at spooky scary skeptical podcast at gmail.com find us on instagram at spooky scary skeptical podcast or on our patreon uh under spooky scary skeptical podcast as well uh so please uh feel free to join our patreon we drop episodes once a week with usually mini episodes or a little bit more lax um but we also do series as well so we would love for if you guys like this you're going to get more of us on our patreon so thanks for tuning in we hope you have a great week and remember to be a little spooky a little scary And a whole lot of skeptical. A little skeptical. (laughs) Have a good week. Bye. Bye. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. Our sources are linked in this episode's description. You can find us on Instagram at Spooky Scary Skeptical Podcast. Email us at Spooky Scary Skeptical Podcast at gmail.com. TikTok at Spooky Scary Skeptical Pod. And you can follow us on Patreon at Spooky Scary Skeptical Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a five star review. It means so much to us. Love a spooky girl, a scary girl, and a skeptical guy.